Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast, UCARE. Urticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence. And today I have with me Angel from the UCARE in Paris. Hi, Angel. Hi, Marcus. Angel, I'm so happy to have you because you are an expert on acute urticaria. I know that this is your favorite type of uh, urticaria and we really don't talk enough about acute urticaria. So I'm looking forward to exploring some of the key questions in acute urticaria with you. Uh, Angel, why why is acute urticaria your favorite urticaria? Uh, thank you, Marcus. I, uh, acute urticaria is my favorite subject because I think acute urticaria it's a it's a very um, frequent disease and more frequent than chronic urticaria. It's now approximately uh, about uh, uh, 12 to 20, 20 percent of the population will experience of acute urticaria at some time in their life. And Mama for this mia, reason, I think it's very important topic. Of course, uh, 20 percent, that's one in five. Yes, yes. Wow, okay. Very common, very often, and of course, uh, seen all over the world. Now, when we usually talk about urticaria, we often mean chronic urticaria, longer than six weeks. Angel, do we have good information about how many patients who have acute urticaria go on to have chronic urticaria? Uh, no, no uh, we haven't this information because there is very few studies about uh, uh, the passage to acute urticaria to and we have not so very much information uh, factor associated with uh, with chronic chronicization of the acute urticaria disease. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we have some some idea uh, like atopic backgrounds, uh, autoimmunity disease uh, uh, with a um, dysfunction of, of the thyroid, for example, uh, repeated acute urticaria. Uh, Eyes, for example, but uh, but uh, we have not some inform many information about that. Uh, but I think, in, uh, in my opinion, um, corticosteroid uh, therapy during acute urticaria may contribute to chronic urticaria uh, to chronicization. Mm, that's interesting, Angel. In the old literature, it uh, it says hit hard, hit early. So the old literature sort of um, suggests that use of corticosteroid may be good to prevent um, acute urticaria from becoming chronic. Why, why, why do you think that um, it may contribute to this? Uh, we have we have do a, a retrospective study with uh, about uh, it's a retrospective study, but uh, we we I think it's it's an important information because uh, we show uh, that corticosteroid administration was an independent risk factor uh, of uh, the recurrence of acute urticaria after less than say day after uh, the first of the disease uh, during urticaria and uh, but we have uh, 
actually ongoing uh, randomized clinical trial in France, multicentric trials, mm -hmm. uh, about this question. And maybe we have some some response to this question. But for the moment, it's not. It's only a supposition uh, and the experience, uh, clinical experience. Yeah. Angel, there are so many open questions. I'm glad you're uh, addressing them. You, your team, and and the French network. That that's just great. You know, one of the one of the questions that comes up a lot, especially with patients, but also with a lot of colleagues, is what is the difference uh, in patients who have wheels because of an acute allergic reaction versus acute urticaria? What's your response to this? What's what are your tips and tricks here? Yes, uh, it's a very good question because uh, many physicians think uh, when you have uh, acute urticaria, it's synonym of allergy. But in the most of the case, acute urticaria is not allergic disease. Uh, but when you have um, uh, during uh, acute, uh, allergic uh, acute urticaria, the clinical presentation is in many times different. You have subsystemic things of anaphylaxis, like uh, such as abdominal pain, dyspnea, for example, low blood pressure in the very serious cases. But during during uh, but during acute urticaria, only with the skin uh, for many days, one, two, three days, uh, the, the the allergic. Um, etiology, uh, it's, it's not uh, the principal etiology of uh, acute urticaria. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Sometimes it's very difficult because um, we have, um, uh, you have uh, many trigger, triggering factors like infection, sometimes like drugs, uh, in the same time. And we, when you have drug during acute urticaria highs, it's sometimes difficult to differentiate if, the, if it's uh, allergic acute urticaria or non-allergic acute urticaria. Yeah. Yeah, because many cofactors or triggers uh, can be found uh, in acute urticaria, such as medication, penicillin, aspirin, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, vaccine. And for many physicians, when you have uh, the, the, taking these drugs, it's it's an allergic acute urticaria, but right. yeah. when you have many days of acute urticaria, in the more, most of the time it's not an allergic disease in this okay. form. Okay. But it's, it's difficult to to differentiate uh, this. Yeah, um, but I think it's good knowledge that most um, cases of an acute allergic reaction where wheels occur. Um, actually have many other symptoms, right? And on the other hand, in acute urticaria, yes, you can have other signs and symptoms, but the wheels or the angioedema or both, this is really what's dominating the picture. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, and, but sometimes there is wheels and angioedema alone in yeah. allergic acute urticaria, but it's very rare. It's a yeah, rare well, situation. Whoever said urticaria is easy, you know, chronic urticaria can be difficult to diagnose and to treat, and the same is true for acute urticaria. But I think, you know, if we um, make it very clear that not every time wheels occur acutely, this is an allergic reaction, then when we have already changed uh, uh, quite a bit of the approach. 
because you know in acute urticaria as well as in chronic spontaneous urticaria allergy is always blamed as the underlying cause and it's not you know it can be in rare cases but usually it is uh, uh, something else yes yes but, uh, during acute urticaria and chronic urticaria in very very um, special cause you can have uh, um, an allergic trigger or, like anisaki simplex uh, allergy there is many uh, there is many uh, series of patients uh, Spanish and Italian patients with chronic urticaria with consumption with uh, uh, many days per uh, week of uh, uh, um, marinated uh, fishes mm -hmm. uh, and with chronic urticaria allergic chronic urticaria uh, but it's very special cases it's not uh, it's not a general situation, right. uh, yeah. but I think dermatologists uh, which uh, take care of urticaria patient uh, uh, must know this situation, this particular and very rare situation. I agree, especially at the centers, you know, where we see the rare cases. And I do think it makes sense to explore that just like in acute urticaria. We do not have much information and there may be geographical differences, you know, different allergens may be involved. So for now, let's agree that it is rare uh, in both chronic spontaneous urticaria as well as in acute urticaria, but we need to look harder. What else should we look for in acute urticaria? What are your top questions that you want to address when it comes to acute urticaria, Anja? Do you have other things, other symptoms yeah. after the world and the angioedema? Yeah. The first thing, and the second thing is, what do you do few minutes before the beginning of the acute urticaria? Do you do you take drugs? Do you have uh, uh, immunotherapies? Do you have uh, food? Uh, do you have a special food? Uh, uh, this very important question. Question, and if there is no uh, no, this, this trigger a uh, few minutes or 30 minutes, one hour uh, before the beginning of the acute urticaria, you can um, you 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 can think it's not it's not an allergic acute urticaria, yeah. but it's not so easy always. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult and uh, you must uh, do allergic skin test, uh, biologic, uh, allergologic, totally allergologic workup. Well, how important are infections? Um, you know, right now I receive many, many questions from patients on COVID-19. You know, we are in, in May and everyone is talking about vaccine and COVID. Um, do we do we have good numbers on how often acute urticaria is the result of an acute viral infection? Yes, it's very very high. It's a major trigger of acute urticaria viral infection. Not only the COVID infection, but many viral infection, um, especially during childhood. Uh, because acute urticaria in children is very frequent mm. and it occurs very often during infections and especially in infantile viral infections. Mm. And uh, it's the same thing in COVID in, in infection because uh, it's, I think I'm agree with you, it's a major trigger of acute urticaria. 
And uh, we see many publications about acute urticaria in uh, COVID infection uh, with uh, some case of uh, uh, acute urticaria during or after uh, acute COVID infection, and some in some cases uh, treated with uh, steroids, with uh, antihistamine, and sometimes with omalizumab. I see that. Uh, because in some time with COVID infections, there is some case of very serious and very severe uh, acute urticaria. Uh, and in my experience, uh, many patients with chronic uh, urticaria uh, with, uh, very well uh, controlled with uh, medicine or other therapies, uh, uh, which have COVID infection, have eyes and uh, acute urticaria, non-controlled, and uh, in many cases, I must to, uh, increase the treatment for this patient, generally about two weeks. Uh, but uh, it's very surprising things because uh, we see that with also viral infection, but not uh, uh, with the same intensity, in my yeah. opinion. I, I don't know if you have a, the, the same experience on your... I, actually, we do. We do have patients with chronic spontaneous urticaria who, because of getting COVID-19, see massive exacerbation mm -hmm. of their chronic spontaneous urticaria. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And we also have patients who, after uh, having had COVID-19, sometimes also during the infection, uh, while they still have signs and symptoms of COVID, get acute urticaria. Now, it may be that this post-COVID urticaria, let's call it, is different. We don't know yet. Um, maybe it is more severe than uh, other acute forms. Maybe uh, it is also more prone to become chronic. Um, but we don't know that. So this certainly would be very interesting to look at. Um, and in terms of the vaccine, of course, you know, we hear from patients who get the vaccination um, that their chronic spontaneous urticaria exacerbates. Um, and, yes. and I've also seen acute urticaria after vaccination. But yes. uh, we, I, I think, you know, it's nothing compared to what happens or what can happen with COVID-19 and acute urticaria and chronic urticaria. Yeah, yeah, I, I have the same the same experience with vaccination. But in vaccination, when when you uh, when you interrogate your, uh, the patient, I, 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 you think sometimes vaccine I as trigger of chronic urticaria or acute urticaria in patient with atopic background, for example. And but with the COVID vaccination we have many 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 questions mm. maybe we have it's possibly I, I don't know but i think i think with the rna uh, vaccine pfizer moderna in france uh, there is many acute urticaria in patients with atopic background but without uh, chronic urticaria history yeah i think that yeah. about uh, one week or two weeks of acute, very, uh, um, very serious acute urticaria with hundreds of aisles. Mm. With, uh, some patients are hospitalized for that in, in our department. Okay. Uh, it's very, I think the COVID vaccination um, activate um, 
very intensively uh, the, ma the master seed pathway or the pathway of the of the, of the innate immunity. Sure. And uh, as you say, uh, during uh, COVID disease, the chronic uh, in France, we the name is uh, long COVID, the chronic mm -hmm. COVID. Uh, maybe uh, you have you have a mast cell activation and some publication uh, suggesting that mastocytes are involved in chronic form of COVID. But yes. I, I don't know, I don't do it. I think it's very interesting thing because maybe we can learn something about uh, mastocytosis and the link in uh, mastocyte mast cell activation yeah. during urticaria, during chronic and during acute urticaria, and the link be between um, acute uh, urticaria, viral infection, and chronic uh, urticaria. I, I agree. I mean, uh, the role of mast cells in viral infection uh, is very, very interesting and remains to be explored completely. We still don't know enough. And for sure, mast cells can get activated by viruses, including SARS-CoV-2. Mm. And, and this whole um, activation of mast cells by the vaccine, and more importantly, or more strongly, by the virus itself, uh, SARS-CoV-2, that's certainly something that we should explore because I think we can learn from that about other viral infections and their role in urticaria and in mast cell activation. Hey, maybe we need a need another podcast episode only on only on that. There's so much to explore here. Yes. Angela, yeah. I, have one, I have one more question that I really yeah. wanted to ask you because I loved a recent publication that you were involved in, um, and that is the use of pictures. Uh, cell, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cell phone pictures that patients bring to uh, their consultation when we talk to them. Often uh, we don't see wheels, we don't see angioedema when patients are in our office. And you explored this and pointed to the importance of asking patients for photo documentation. That's a great idea, Angel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, because uh, it's a constatation because in dermatology, many patients uh, uh, bring a picture of the skin disease. And it's an, in doing urticaria, acute or chronic, uh, like is fighting dermatosis, the patient, uh, sometimes the patient uh, have any dermatological lesion, no eyes, no angioedema. Uh, when they come to the consultation and the picture taken by patient uh, because uh, in the most times are very good picture and uh, when uh, we do uh, uh, learn to student uh, urticaria uh, we we put the picture of patient of uh, it's uh, very useful uh, in making the diagnosis of urticaria because it's true, you have not the flighting uh, aspect when you see the picture, but, but you can see uh, the aspect of the eyes. And sometimes you can see it's not an urticaria lesion, but uh, for example, uh, eczematous lesion, it's, it's very easy for dermatologists on picture. Uh, and I think it's very important and, and, and patient can participate to diagnosis yeah. with the picture. 
I absolutely agree. And, and, and you know, patients, they take their pictures when their reels are really strong. Uh, and uh, so th these are good pictures, um, textbook pictures, much better yes. than the ones that we can take yes. when, <laughs> when they come to us. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes in uh, cold urticaria, for example, there are pictures uh, on beach. <laughs> Yeah. After the after the water with the big eyes, and we have not that in consultation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Angel, for that beautiful publication and making people aware to ask patients about their pictures. And you know, I'm, I do this. I do this quite a bit, even more so after your publication. And. Really, every urticaria patient has a picture of her wheels or her angioedema on her phone. I've yes. uh, not seen that this uh, uh, doesn't happen. Well, in any case, wow, we've already uh, yeah, spent most of our time. Angela, it was lovely to have you. But before I let you go, I first of all want to wish you and the team uh, in Paris uh, the best of luck and success with your studies on acute urticaria. Hey, Angel, if I gave you... 10 million euros today to spend on acute urticaria research, yes. what would you do? Um, the link between vir viral and mast cell activation, virus, sorry, and uh, mast cell activation. Uh, I think I do that because I think it's a key of acute urticaria. A very worthwhile cause. I don't have 10 million, but you have enough <laughs> energy to compensate for that, and you and the team for sure will make a great difference. And hey, uh, the UCARE network is ready to help you with studies on acute urticaria. I think it is so important that we put our minds to this form of urticaria and that we put more focus on acute urticaria because, after all, Every chronic urticaria once was an acute urticaria, and the better we understand acute urticaria, the better we will get at avoiding acute urticaria becoming chronic urticaria. Right. Yes, mm. uh, I am agree with you. Thank you very much. Mm. Well, merci beaucoup, Angel. It was lovely to have you here. I got to let you go. Um, good luck with your studies, and thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Marcus, for for this podcast. I'm very glad to participate to your podcast. Thank you very much. A pleasure to have you. Folks, this is all the time we have today with Angel from Paris, from the UCARE in Paris. And if you would like to learn more about what we do as a network, more about Uticaria, then do reach out to us at www.galen-ucare.com. This is where you will find everything you want to know about the UK network and a lot about Urticaria, including links to previous podcasts, episodes, and links to the new ones. If you want us to focus on something specific, if you have a question you would like us to discuss in this podcast series, do let us know. We'll be happy to pick it up. All things Urticaria, hope to have you listen in to our next episode. Until then, be well, stay safe. Bye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding Urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. 
from all of us at All Things Etic Area from Methority. Have a lovely week.